Creating Dementia Solutions, that's our program. I'm Richard Pyatt. Welcome back. It's a Miles from Memories program on Access Vision and a podcast as well. So however you're finding us, we appreciate that you are. Milesformemories.org is the website you should know about and have a look at if you are interested in learning more about dementia and its types especially, which we'll focus on in these next couple of episodes. But overall, we'll spend the next several episodes in 2024 focused on the caregiver, helping folks understand more what their loved ones may be going through. And we thought it might be a good place to start close to the beginning, talking a bit about what dementia is and its types. Kelly Fisher Satterfield is here overseeing the Oaks Memory Care in Battle Creek. Hello, Kelly. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Give us a sense about what memory care means before we talk about dementia and Alzheimer's. So our facility specializes in the care of individuals who have some sort of dementia diagnosis. It could be Alzheimer's. It could be Lewy body, it could be vascular. That is some of the types of dementia. However, we have specialized care that are geared towards those cognitive impairments that others may not have. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit more about that before our time is up today. But our intent, of course, is to talk a bit about what is dementia and its types so we can begin to understand the differences. So if you would, let's talk about that. Some folks are confused by Alzheimer's dementia. Mm -hmm. Clarify that for us, please. So dementia itself is is an umbrella term. So imagine the make and model of a vehicle, right? So you have dementia and underneath dementia, there are different types of dementia. And so that's where your Alzheimer's and things of that come into nature. Those are a specific type of dementia that have physiological changes and symptoms that go along specifically with that type of dementia. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you picked a really great analogy using cars for me. (laughs) So Dementia might be like Ford and Alzheimer's might be like Mustang. Correct. That is correct. So it's a type. That is right. But we use Alzheimer's sometimes as a blanket term, don't we? I think we sometimes use it as a blanket term because it's the one that we know about or that we've heard about. It does account for about 60 to 80 percent of all dementia cases. Um, So it is the most prevalent for individuals to have. Lots of the studies and, and research that have been done are specific to Alzheimer's. And so that's the name that we know. But there are other types. And what are some of those other types? Um, Well, there is uh, vascular dementia, which you generally will see with someone that has had strokes. Um, It's a blockage in blood vessels to the brain. Mm -hmm. There's also Lewy body, which is protein buildup, I believe, in the brain. And so that is associated with behavioral changes and other cognitive deficits that you may not necessarily see with Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is identified by plaques and tangles in the brain. So all of these things are diagnosed based off of brain scans and things of that nature. I think in the past, it was said that you could only verify that that's what it was after an individual had passed away. But now with our modern technology, we're able to see that early on. So, Yeah, that's interesting. And the behaviors initially might not offer a distinction that That's someone can recognize. That is is that true? 
That is true. And not all individuals with dementia will have behaviors. I mean, you know, it's not a one size fit all diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Everyone is affected differently. And even though the steps and the progression uh, may be similar, it affects everyone differently. Whereas, you know, you may go through the stages in a couple years and someone else, it may take a little bit longer because everyone is different. There is sure. there is no no blanket symptom or sign for individuals who have it. Right. And the progression can be, as you say, different for different people, Mm -hmm. in which case it's hard to answer questions sometimes, isn't it? About how quickly will symptoms manifest? How how quickly will my loved one's cognitive ability change? Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you handle that as a professional with the folks with whom you work who are helping and caregiving daily? How do you handle that? Not knowing what each person might be experiencing and thus what they might have to handle. Well, I think education is key. Um, Sometimes knowing or at least being aware of some of those stages and what it looks like can help because someone who's in early stage and end stage, they're going to have difference in, you know, thought processes, what they can retain, what they can't. The formulation of new memories um, is generally affected when that area of the brain is affected. So you may look normal to me. Mm -hmm. However, cognitively, there may be something else going on. And so handling that from day to day is understanding that there are different stages. The other thing that I like to stress is that everyone is an individual. So as I said, it doesn't affect everyone the same way. And even if we're in the same stage, that may look different. So having that understanding, of course, empathy is is big because lots of times, especially with caregivers, we know mom, dad, or aunt, uncle, or grandma, grandpa, we know them as, as we knew them, right? And so understanding that things have changed. I just told you that, right? Yes. I, I just I just said that. However, understanding that that memory that you just placed there has quickly gone. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think that is one of the most important things, especially with burnout, because it can be frustrating. Right. There, there are changes that you're not used to. You're seeing things that you've never seen before. They're acting differently. It can be frustrating. So just, you know, understanding the process. And no, we're not medical doctors, but education, I think, is key in trying to get there. Well, and certainly the folks with whom you work are accustomed to that. Yes. And so how do they do that? How do they understand that someone who has repeated themselves needs to be handled with care? Certainly the education they received is part of that. Mm -hmm. But I'm also coming at it from the perspective of a caregiver who might be listening to this saying, I'm trying to do that and it's difficult. Patience, you know, for for those individuals out there, the best thing I can say is attempt to get some. (laughs) Yeah, it requires us to change our thinking. It does. It It does. Um, So, you know, dementia diagnosis, it doesn't necessarily just affect the individual. It affects all of us because we also we have to change our way of thinking and our way of doing things, Mm -hmm. because ultimately you are dealing with an individual who is at a point where they just they just don't know. Yes, they just don't know. So our staff do a really good job. They've been trained, but for a caregiver out there who does not necessarily have that training and and only has to deal with, you know, mom or dad, I say empathy is key. Place yourself in that person's shoes. If it were you, how would you want to be treated? I know that's uh, sometimes easier said than done. Right. Um, Especially when it's a family member, right? Well, I was about to bring that up. The the notion (laughs) that um, we've known this person in a certain way for maybe all of our lives. Absolutely. And now 
they're different. So we have to figure out how to handle that. Mm -hmm. On top of that, these different types of dementia sometimes have different physical effects, don't they? Like Lewy body, for example, Mm -hmm. there's a significant physical component. There is. There is. Sometimes uh, Lewy body kind of mimics Parkinson's disease or something. You know, there may be some tremors going on, things that you physiologically, that you're able to see and that you notice. And so you can see what's on the outside, but you, you can't see what's what's on the inside. So just those little things to look for. And I don't even know if look for is the correct word, but as they're going through them, you know, Louis body, hallucinations, delusions, things of that nature, all of those come with the effects that have taken place in the brain. And there's nothing there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Right. So we have to. I don't want to say change ourselves, but you do have to view it from a different lens right. than you're used to. Mm-hmm. And that's that's hard. That's hard. Change sure. in general is hard, especially when you're dealing with something that you have no knowledge of. Right. You know. Right. How about these others? If we were to just basically talk about frontotemporal, for example, okay. how is that different? Um, well, that generally affects the, the frontal temporal part of the brain. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the, the skull in general and the brain, you have the front and, and the temporal. And in this area is housed your language and behavior and things of that nature. So those things may be affected more so than someone who, you know, just has, let's say, Alzheimer's. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's specific to an area of the brain and our inner workings are, are associated with different areas in the brain. Mm-hmm. So as the progression goes and those cells die, there's a bigger gap in that area. Language, um, being able to make sense of what you see, all of those things are affected. So you can imagine then how someone with frontotemporal might manifest differently in terms of how they behave and and the words they use or don't use. Sure. The best suggestion I can can make is to see a neurologist. Mm -hmm. If you think your loved one is showing some of these signs for any type of dementia, dementia in general, make an appointment to see the doctor. Because even though we, we notice these things, sometimes, oh, maybe it's just a bad day or, you know, and there are moments of clarity. So maybe mm-hmm. mom or dad is completely confused on Monday, but on Wednesday, they say something that we recognize that we know to be true. But being aware of those little changes, I would say have them examined by, by a medical professional. Yeah. And that helps or doesn't help us understand what's happening when the changes happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that vascular dementia, the other fourth type that we've mentioned briefly, has some physiological manifestations like uh, you mentioned stroke. It has it has a feeling of that. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes when individuals have stroke, it may have blocked the airflow to the to the brain oxygen. And so. That is kind of the catalyst that starts vascular dementia. I do know that, you know, individuals, not necessarily high blood pressure itself. However, it does predispose someone to have strokes. So, you know, if if mom or dad has high blood pressure or uncontrollable high blood pressure or something like that, getting those type things under control to try to minimize the risks However, vascular, they also have, you know, may have hallucinations and and delusions. There may be some behavioral changes as well because the blood flow has been affected. And so that area is now is now dying or dead. All right. Well, there are a lot of distinctions between these four types of dementia, but not necessarily clearly presented in terms of what differences there are and what we might be dealing with. So it's important to try and understand what those distinctions might be. Mm -hmm. You know, before you go, I might just ask you, 
when you meet someone who is contemplating perhaps turning over caregiving to the Oaks, what are some of the things that you want to help them think through? I mean, I imagine some folks are saying, I don't know if it's time, sure. but they feel like maybe sure. it is. So I think... I won't say the sooner because some people are able to be safe at home for longer periods of time. However, the sooner that you can receive help. And even if it doesn't mean placing mom or dad in a facility, there are support groups because we have to navigate those changes. Right. And sometimes it's difficult. Anytime you recognize that there is more care to give than you are able to give. Uh is a great indicator if you are burned out, if you're feeling frustrated, because at the end of the day, ultimately it's our loved one who, who is affected. Um, if we're not able to manage our changes and our emotions and our frustrations, then what they receive on the, on the other end may not always be favorable. Um, so when that, when those situations come, when you, when you're feeling tense, when you're feeling stressed, when mom or dad thinks that they are going to work and, and leave out of the house and we can't find them, you know, those are, those are things to, to really look at. There's been a threshold. There, there, there is. Yes. And so, you know, lots of families, you want to keep them at home because maybe you promised them you'd never put them there. But at the end of the day, you have to look at quality of life as well as safety. And so when situations become unsafe and you're just not able to manage because you have to go to work or um, you're not able to be at home all the time, those are times where we as a facility can provide 24 hour care with supervision as well as with qualified staff. So, you know, it's it's a tough decision to make. However, we do at the Elks offer support groups as well once a month. And it's just to sit in and discuss and, and get information. It's a, there's an educational component as well as being able to be surrounded by other people who are feeling just like you or thinking just like you and just, you know, forming a support system and trying to navigate this new world. So, and presumably when folks make the decision to come to your facility yes. or another one, even, um, they get some of that support maybe yeah. that they, might have needed an extra part of. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Kelly, thank you. We thank appreciate you, this uh, information and uh, we'll think carefully about it. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly Fisher Satterfield with us here on Creating Dementia Solutions. Coming up in our next episode, we'll talk about now that we've discussed the types of dementia, why is it important to know the type? We'll talk about that in our next episode of Creating Dementia Solutions. MilesForMemories.org is the website where you can check out some of the help home and safe return technology that's out there that can assist you in an emergency situation. Take a look at that at MilesForMemories.org and consider picking one of those up. I'm Richard Pyatt. Thanks for being with us.